Hello everyone, welcome to Hex, a Charmed Podcast. My name is Kirby. And I'm Alex. And today we're going to be talking about episode 9 of season 1, The Witch is Back. And it sounds pretty interesting. Alex called what was about, actually, like, mm-hmm. from the get-go, kind of, mm-hmm. except she was already, like, two minutes into the episode, so. Well, the thing that got me is, like, as soon as I started up the episode, like, the, you know, they did, like, the little introduction bit before the intro, and they opened in Salem, and I just went, oh, fuck, here we go. It's going to be one of those. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, she said that Melinda was coming back, and guess what? who was in the first two minutes of Charmed this episode? Melinda. Yeah. So, <laughs> I like, was like, you're really, I was like, you're good at predicting stuff, but, like, that that's cheating, though. <laughs> well, no, I saw the title, and then I saw it opened on Salem, and I went, yep, that probably means Melinda. Because, well, I, I asked you about it first. We did talk about it, like, as soon as I saw the title. The witch is back, and you were like, oh, could it be their grandma? And I was like, maybe it's Melinda. And then it opens up in Salem, and I'm like, yeah, that's fucking Melinda. Yeah, because I know their mo- their grandma comes back as a ghost, as a kind of permanent se- secondary character for a while. That I know for sure. But, yeah. Also, guys, another good episode of Charmed. It's really good. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it wasn't bad. We're having, like... Was it since episode six? Like, since episode six, like, every episode has been pretty good. Mm. Especially compared to, like, the earlier ones. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, quick rundown of this episode. Uh, we are back in it with Rex is trying to do shit. He gives Prue an amulet that releases an evil warlock. Then, uh, this warlock can take people's powers. And so he takes Prue's power, goes off to the sisters. Rex and Hannah just kind of, like, monologue a little bit. Andy is pissed off about the dumping and tries to, like, get it through. Daryl has to be the voice of reason, and Piper finally asks Leo out. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, my first note, because, in, like I said, in the first two seconds, it shows, says, oh, Salem, Massachusetts in the 1800s, and I just went, oh, boy, <laughs> we're starting in Salem. Yep, and uh, it opens up to this guy in shackles, being put in jail, and he's put in the same jail shell, shell, the same jail cell as Melinda. No, he was going to go visit her, is the thing, he wasn't in shackles. No. Yeah, he was in shackles, I'm pretty sure. No, he wasn't. He wasn't? Okay. No. Well, he's, he was just, just, he's just visiting He was being then, escorted, yeah, he was escorting, he was escorting to visit her. And she's like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, and, uh, Melinda's in jail because she was accused of being a witch, and, like, he is going to confirm that she's a witch, unless, like... He's the one who outed her, because she's like, what the fuck, dude, why did you betray me? Yeah, because he, he, like, stole, he stole her powers, and then she's like, oh, she's a witch killer, so that way I can keep her powers forever. Oh, yeah. And then Melinda's like, yeah, take this locket you gave me, fuck you, and she tosses it at him. And he opens it up, and there's, like, a rose petal inside, and he's like, what the fuck? And then she casts a spell and locks him in the locket, and it's like, ha, sucker. Yeah, how is, did he just take away, like, her big main power, or just all her power? Because I don't get no, no, how um, that works. Because Prue is still able to use her powers later. They, they do explain this later, that he just copies their powers, and then those powers can't be used against him. So he didn't steal her powers, 
he just copied them, and now he can use them too, and she can't use those powers on him. But she was still able to curse his ass. I still don't really understand, like, yeah, he took away the big main power, but they're still, if he just took away the big main power and they still have magic and stuff, and the other magic still works on him, I don't understand how it was just so hard to beat his ass, you know? Yeah, well, well, like I said, like, they explain this later, that he copies their powers. And he just sort of, like, takes them for himself. Yeah, he copies them, and then he kind of seals them off, so that way... Yeah, but here's the thing. He doesn't seal their powers away, it just makes it so they can't use those specific powers on him. You're going into, like, semantics here. I know I keep on messing up what his powers are, but it still (laughs) doesn't make sense. Yeah, but it still doesn't make sense, because, like... He's just sealing or being immune to, like, the big powers, right? Not just the spells in general. Yeah, because he's copying, like, specific... Because you know how each witch has, like, their own individual powers? Okay, I understand each witch has their own individual powers. But witches can also cast any number of spells. That's how they're able to banish him and stuff, and how he's able to be banished again, even though he had a banishing spell cast against him. It's not that big a deal if he only takes, like, yeah, your one big power, but you still have, like, a bunch of other mini powers. That's all I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's like, he he just copies their big power, and they can't use their big power against him. Yeah, and that's why I'm like, why is it so hard to beat him? That's all I'm saying. Like, you could just cast a thorn spell or a spell to make him not move and stuff, and he can only copy the big spell, so he's just like, okay, I'm I'm standing here, I can't really copy this power, because that's not my power, I can't copy spells. It just don't make sense. Something that we'll get into later that, that bothers me is he copied Phoebe's power, and I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Her power is premonition. How can she premonition on you? He just, he's just like, blocked from the, being viewed saying- from now on. Like, she can't see any visions about no, him, he right? Can, no, she, she was still able to see him. It's just like, because he said, I get your powers when they're used on me. And I don't understand how Phoebe, whose powers premonition, can use those powers on him. Like, he grabs her, she has a premonition, and he's like, yep, I can have premonitions now. That doesn't make sense. That's the thing that doesn't make sense to me. I can understand that because she's an empath, so she needs to touch things to get a vision about him. And he makes her touch him to get a vision about him to steal her power yeah, I don't know. it's just a weird power all around and it doesn't really make quite sense but it's still a good episode and i quite like him a lot because he's cute another note i made is at this point melinda does a uh, an incantation and for some reason when she does it it doesn't sound as like bullshitty and hokey yeah uh, because, I guess it's because, like, she, she... She's, like, from the 1800s. Yeah, she... 1800s? Yeah, she's from the 1800s. 1800s. Yeah, yeah. You sure about the 1800s? Was it 17 or 18? I want to say it was 17 or 18. It's the 17th century or the 1600s. That never made any sense to me, this whole 21st century, 20th century bullshit. I don't understand. Yeah, it's, it is really weird. But, like, you're also still, like, two numbers off. Either way. <laughs> Whatever. I'm sorry, it's just really cute. <laughs> it's like, oh, the Victorian Melinda. That would actually be really cool to see a Victorian witch. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially since, like, late Victorian, early Edwardian stuff had that whole spi- spirituality movement going oh, on. Oh, yeah, the, the, um, the spiritualist movement. Yeah. That would have been cool. Anyways, 
So we flash forward, and now Rex is in Prue's office trying to open the locket, and he can't. And then Prue comes in, and he acts like he's been caught, and he kind of like, he's just like, oh, uh, uh, hi, Prue. Yeah, I got this locket, and he leaves, and, um... Yeah, and then Prue opens it, and out pops Matthew. Who seems very nonchalant about the whole time jump, because he just looks at her, and he's like, okay, what year is it? Yeah, I kind of like that a lot. I, 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 you would think that he'd be a little bit more like, what the fuck? You know? You'd think, but I think he'd realize that he was stuck in there for a while. So I kind of like that he just asks. Mm. Like, he's prepared. Maybe this has happened to him before, and he's actually, like, from, like, the 1000s or something. You know what I mean? She's like, oh, this, this bullshit again. God damn it. <laughs> My note here is that he's not bad looking, but I love guys with long hair, so. Yeah, he was he was very attractive. I don't know, like. And he has great hair. He, he definitely has, like, the whole... 90s bad boy hair. And then Matthew tries to touch Prue, but she, like, throws him back, because he's, like, a weird dude, stranger, that just popped out of this locket. At the same time, it's like, I, I guess it's like she just immediately was like, yep, that's a warlock. Whoop. <laughs> yeah, because Prue knows things. Right. But, like, he tricked her into using her powers on him by, like, trying to grab her and stuff. And then, like, he fucking, uh, throws her, right? Yeah, he throws and her. I remember, because because all I got here is, like, he's fucking rogue from X-Men and shit like that. That's the note yeah. I got. Yeah. Because I have no kind other of. action scenes <laughs> written down. Um, yeah, so he stole her powers, and he did, like, a shadow step, which is actually what it was called. I just called it a shadow step because of Bleach, the anime. <laughs> <laughs> and they actually called it that, and I went, oh. <laughs> Yeah, and Matthew says that, like, Prue only has one power, so she must have sisters. So he it's was like, like, give me the other powers. And she's like, what other powers? And he's like, oh, you got sisters. Shit. Yeah, kind of weird, but interesting in a way, if that makes sense. Because, like, you don't know if you're going to have siblings or not, but, like, and your powers come when you're a kid? Like, do you lose powers when you get siblings? If, like... You're 12 years old and you have, like, all three powers, but you get, like, a kid sister or whatever? Maybe I'm just gonna throw out, like, a bullshit explanation. Uh, it's just fate. Like, fate knew that there was gonna be three sisters. Yeah, I understand that. I can understand it's, that. It's, it's kind of a bullshit answer. But, like, it's but... also, <laughs> it's also deus ex machina, machina stuff going on here with that faith crap. Then uh, Matthew, after he figures out she has sisters, he jumps out the window and startles the fuck out of some people at the cafe. He steals someone's croissant, too. He just bites into it, and they're just like, what the fuck? Like, nobody stops him or anything. They just kind of keep going about their business. I don't know if it's shock or what, but... Well, yeah, a dude fell down from several stories and stole someone's bread without a scratch. Maybe it's a TV show. (laughs) Yeah. And then I put, this episode is gonna be great, and it kind of is. And then, of course, we jump to this title sequence, the typical panorama of San Francisco, like another peppy song. Yeah, like, what is this music? That's what my note says here, because, like, it's so not matching, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Netflix did not do great on this scene. Uh, so, the police are now at Buckley, and Andy and Daryl are arguing with one another after they interview a dude at the cafe who was like, yeah, he just landed right in front of me. Didn't have a scratch on it. Yeah, he says, weird clothes, bad na- manners, nearly fell on top of me. And Daryl is like, dude, are you okay? I know Prue just broke up with you and you're acting kind of weird. 
Because Andy's like, his fucking, that dude jumped out of Prue's office. God damn it. Prue's in this shit again. Can we point out that this is like another case where homicide detectives are just like interviewing like an incident? Nobody no died. died. Nobody died. Yes, someone will die later, but nobody died now. So maybe you can get like just a regular detective instead of just like a homicide detective to do this stuff because there's apparently right? not as many murders as you think considering. Unless like... Is homicide detective just, like, something different? Like, do they just do homicide? You would think it'd be a bit more specific, you know? Just like, oh, you're a homicide detective, you only work on homicide, you know? Yeah. Like, that's what we're assuming, but maybe... I don't know. It's not. Mm. Mm. Maybe Us. in this universe, he just has qualifications to uh, investigate homicides. And he's just called a homicide detective, even though he's just a general detective kind right. of things he does. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We don't know anything about cops. Yeah, we just, well, we just gotta suspend our disbelief a bit and see that the Charmed universe has different rules. Like, for instance, uh, it's illegal to get tattoos on the back of your hand there <laughs> for some oh, reason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, just a different place with different rules. So we're back at the Hollywell house, and Piper's chatting at Leo while he's fixing the sink, and Phoebe comes in and, like, butts in, and they're quipping at each other, and Phoebe's like, dude, you gotta be more aggressive, ask him out. Yeah, apparently Piper has never asked anyone out, so she's kind of nervous about that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so Phoebe knocks over a thing of tea that's about to fall on Leo, so Piper's like, how fuck, and she, like, freezes time and because of trash can under it so it doesn't like splash all over him then Prue storms in and is like hey we need to talk and it's like oh leo's here and she's like oh shit yeah Prue pops in and calls a family meeting then andy is talking to rex and hannah they're like yeah we heard a struggle and then the window broke and then that was all we heard and Prue ran out she was freaking out and rex is like i only care about Prue, and i'm just like uh-huh sure you do <laughs> He only said that to get under Andy's skin. Daryl is actually being sensitive to Andy's feelings about the breakup. He's actually, you know, being a good dude. Like a good bro. And then Rex and Hannah go back to Rex's office and they start canoodling, of course. I kind of like them as a couple until the next episode where Rex ruins it. Hannah deserves better. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so they start canoodling, then they're talking about the sister meeting, and Prue's like, this is what happened, uh, here's this. So Phoebe has a premonition, like, they're in the middle of the sister meeting, and Phoebe has a premonition about how Matthew got in the locket, because Prue had the locket and took the locket home. Cut to Matthew, who's attacking people with the last name Hollowell. Yeah, Arnold Hollowell. And he's, like, interrogating the dude, and it's like, I interrupted my note right in between because, like, he doesn't say that he's related to any of them, because he's not, apparently. And, like, Matt breaks his fucking neck. Yep. Like, oh, you're useless. He just fucking breaks that shit. <laughs> like, you're no use to me. Crack. Yeah, well, the thing was, like, he used uh, Prue's powers to pick up the chair and pin him against the wall. Lawyer threatens to sue him. And he makes a comment about how lawyers are still the same. And then he breaks his fucking neck. <laughs> like, crack. Like, dang, dude. That's a little, little much. Little, little much. much. Uh, again, we cut back to the attic, and Phoebe happens to find a sketch of Melinda, and Piper happens to find the story of the locket called the Pewter Heart in the Book of Shadows. It's just 
all super convenient that they have all this in the attic. Uh, they go downstairs for a bit, and he's like, hey, Andy's on TV. And then the door rings, and it's Andy. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, Phoebe answers the door, and he's asking for Prue, and Phoebe's like, oh no, she's not here right now. And Andy's like, being very cold and a bit of a dick to Phoebe, like, what? I know she's Prue's sister, but she's also, like, not Prue, dude. You don't have to be like that. He's he's still kind of bitter. Where's your sister? Where's your warrant? Yep, pretty much. Like, yeah. She, she's just like, come back with a fucking warrant. Well, she didn't say fuck. I said As fuck, he but. should. She didn't say fuck. I said fuck. But fuck's a fun word. Yeah, it's it's 90s TV. They didn't get to say the swears. The swears. The swear words. I, I made a note about that comment. Where's your warrant? And I was like, damn, girl. Uh, so Phoebe, who has read the Book of Shadows, comes, goes back in the house and says, hey, I got a plan. Let's summon Melinda. And she's like, yeah, who else would know better than, you know, Melinda and how he got in the locket and how to put back. So they go and do the spell, and they got another Athame. I, I want to say it's the same one from the first episode. I mean, they would reuse props, right? They killed Jeremy. Maybe he dropped it. Yeah. I, I didn't notice. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. I, I, I can't. Props. I'm like... 75% sure that's the same. Hey, I don't doubt you. I'm just saying that I, I forgot there was even a knife in the scene. <laughs> All I know is that they poke their fingers and shit. Because mm-hmm. Piper's like, I don't want to poke my finger. That's Well, I I actually had blood taken from my fingers. That fucking hurts. Yeah. Like, it, even like... A good thing they didn't actually give their blood. They just squeeze their little fake blood tablets into the locket to be in the spell. Because that's that's how TV works. Yep. Like, seriously, they took blood from my finger to do a blood test, and it still hurt the next day. Like, it was super tender. Yeah, because your finger is very... has a lot of nerves in it to help detect stuff. Yeah. It's like cat whiskers. Um, so, Prue and Phoebe, uh, prick their fingers, and Piper's like, no, I don't want to. And then she's like, Phoebe's like, fine, I'll do it for you. And then Piper's like, ow! Uh, so they calm down. Would have hurt less if she did it herself. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. So they they do a spell about blood calling blood, which makes sense. To lock it into the foggy bowl, and just like that, boom! There's Melinda. Oh, blessed be! She seems also blessed very nonchalant be. about being in the future. She does a lot of cute, cute little like, oh, what is this? Do not rip this garment. It's like no. It's a zipper. It's she's, supposed to do that. It's like, she's oh, super- what a marvelous invention! Such magics. She's so cute. She's like a very, a very clever witch made this, and it's like, aw. Yeah, it's like, so sweet. She's so cute. I love her. They're doing a montage. She's wearing like this super cute, very nineties blue plaid dress. It was super cute. They're like, oh, this is our cousin. Because Leo comes in. And Melinda starts quoting Shakespeare, and then Leo quotes it back, and it's like, oh, that's so cute! And, like, Melinda knows that Piper totally has a crush on mm-hmm. him and stuff. Because she's like, like, she's like, yo, nice. She got that intuition. <laughs> she's like, oh, he... That mother's intuition. The great, 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 great grandmother's intuition. Yeah, but she calls her them her daughters, so it's mm. mother's intuition. Yeah, something like that. So that way we don't have to put a million greats in front of shit. <laughs> no, but she, she was talking to Leo about like working with your hands and all that stuff and she she gives Piper like a wink and a nudge and she's like, hey, you gonna tap that? <laughs> uh, grandmas are always embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Like, even the younger hot grandmas, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I'd tap that. Paps. I'm just saying. Anyway, 
next scene is Rex and Hannah finding Matt after he did a killing spree in a hardware store. Because, like, he pinned this dude to the wall. And it's like, dude, calm down. He just, he just fucking, he just fucking pinned the dude to the wall with tools. Like, calm down. Calm it the fuck it down. It's, it's all very horror movie-esque. But we don't actually get to see it, we just get to see the action. Yeah, here, let me... He, let me <clears throat> try some old English. Maybe he'll understand better. Hear ye, hear ye. Willest thou please cometh thy tits before thy get caught by the police? <laughs> you started laughing and I messed it up. No, they would have said teats, not tits. Or breasts. They would have uh, said breasts. Well, I'm talking about two, not one. Well, they would have said breasts. And not just the nipples. Teats are nipples, not the whole part. Uh, okay. uh, but yeah, they probably would have said breasts. Cometh thine breasts. Cometh thy bosom, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I need some water. Hold on. <laughs> How dare you attempt to murder me on our podcast? So very rude of you. <laughs> yeah, it's okay, you could kill me anytime. <laughs> um, so Rex and Hannah are like, hey, you know, you're leaving a trail, you're being stupid, we can help. Then they're like, hey, we're gonna, we know where the Hollowells are, and we'll give you some information, and we'll help you out. Yeah. So then we cut back to Melinda, and she's telling the girls how she was accused of witchcraft, and they burned her at the stake. And this part I actually really liked. Yes, it was a very good scene. They were like, why didn't you use your powers to save yourself? And they're like, my daughter, Prudent. Because if I had used my powers and escaped, I would have proven Matthew right, and they would have killed her too. Yeah, it was a very sweet sacrifice. Right? It's like, that actually makes sense too, because it's like, hey, you know, if I prove that I'm a witch, that means she's a witch too, and they would have killed her. I, I'm just saying, I did it bad. I called it shadow stepping earlier. It's actually called blinking. Eh, close enough. Yeah, it's what they call it in Dishonored, which is, I remember I made some sort of connection to that. It's, it's what they call it in Dishonored, is blinking. Melinda explains that he doesn't steal, he just copies. And if he copies all three powers, he'd be impossible to stop, which honestly makes Melinda a very powerful witch, considering, like, she has all three powers. She's like the start of the line, you know? She, she is the cane of the Hallowells. Well, maybe more like the Abraham of the Catwells, because Cain... I was making a Vampire the Masquerade reference. Well, I didn't get that right away, because <laughs> Cain is an actual biblical yeah. Yeah. character. Um, So pretty much Melinda's like, the only thing we can do is just put him back in the locket. Put that thing back where it came from, or so help me. Yeah, that's, that's a reference. So Melinda actually tells the girls they can add to the book. Because she's like, oh, it's been, it's so much thicker and bigger, and all these women are adding to the book. And they're like, oh, shit, you could do that? And it's like, oh, we can make spells. they excited about that. Do they ever make a spell? Later, probably. I don't know. So Melinda is, is well, Melinda goes to write down the list of ingredients they need. And they hand her a pencil. And she's like, no ink? What is this? And they're like, it's, it just write with it. And she's like, oh, goodness. Uh, they bond over family traits about stubbornness and sort of family traits that they all kind of embody. Yeah, shirtless scene, yeah, it pleases me. 
No, wait. That's, that's my notes about that. Oh, yeah, I didn't even make a note about this whole thing with the jeans. I surprisingly did not. He was try He's trying on a bunch of different outfits, because Hannah's like, hey, we gotta find that right outfit for you. And he's like, ooh, man, this false modesty. Pretending to be all blushy-blushy when you're like, yeah, I tap that. Because he's like, you can look if you want to. And she's like, oh, uh, I wasn't looking. He also makes a comment about how tight the jeans are, and he's like, I'm surprised your men can even walk. Future decades will create even tighter jeans, for the pleasure of all. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so Hannah's, like, they get real close, and... Rex comes into the room. Rex is just like, what are you doing? I'm your boyfriend. Oh, like, that really matters, Rex. <laughs> It's like, dude, you're flirting with all these other women. They end up directing Matthew to Quake. Because they're like, this is where Piper's work. And then Linda says a thing that I just, just kind of made me go, Because it's one of those neo-pagan things that just bother me. It's just like, what did she say? Curses are not to be taken lightly. And it's not that I'm saying you should take curses lightly. But what I'm saying is don't demonize curses. Because curses have purpose they they're they're there for a reason you know it's like don't for a lot of people it's like this is their avenue of getting justice don't don't fucking shit on it you know and just not all witches or not even all wiccans believe in the rule of three the whole oh if you do something it'll come back to you threefold that sort of shit you know it's just there's there's a lot of discourse on witch tumblr especially about whether or not curses are okay or not and i'm i fall firmly on the pro curse side Treat others the way you want to be treated, and treat others the way they treat you. That's my rules. Uh, Matthew and Hannah are in a car outside of Quake. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, Prue is fidgeting about Andy, and then they start talking about environmental issues because they need a feather from an endangered species. Yeah, the spotted owl. Yeah, they go into this little mini rant about environmental issues, and I'm like, shit, this really was not the 90s, wasn't it? I mean, this was the era of Captain Planet, for fuck's sake. Well... If they need a feather from a spotted owl and it's endangered and stuff. I mean, it's not like super heavy, like Fern Gully kind of stuff. Right. <laughs> so they write down some stuff and Piper's like, yeah, I can go to work and get those in some of these ingredients. And so she and uh, Phoebe go to Quake and Hannah and Matt are there. And uh, Matt corners Phoebe in the kitchen and finds out that Melinda is now in play and he gets her powers up. Uh, so for some reason, I don't quite remember why, but Prue goes to the museum instead, where she used to work with Roger to get a to get the spotted owl feather because they have one there. And um, Melinda, cut back to Melinda, who's alone in the house and she's freaking out. She gets spooked by the food processor and the phone. And Phoebe's trying to call the house and get Prue to pick up the phone. And they just play the answering machine. She's like, "I'm here, Phoebe. I can hear you," which I thought was. Pretty spot on. I mean, oh yeah, it's it's just it's just <laughs> really cute because she doesn't know how technology works. Nope. Like, oh, I am here. I can hear you speak. Speak mm -hmm. to me. I must have developed another power to hear your voice or thoughts or something. Woo. Ooh. Um. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. So. Ooh. So um. She's, Phoebe's trying to warn Melinda about and improve at Matt, and he busts in, and he's like, he see, he has a vision of the curse because he got Phoebe's powers now. And Melinda lies to Matthew and tells him that Prue's at the zoo, and he's like, I'm going to leave you alive, I'm going to kill your descendants, and then I'm going to kill you, and then they, he kisses her. It's just, eh. 
Um, I have a note. It's like, how did Melinda curse him before without using like all the ingredients and stuff? Because it seemed like a lot of ingredients needed. Right? All at once. Well, apparently spotted owls weren't as endangered back then. Because she was able to find one. Yeah, but there's still like peppers and like a whole bowl's worth of ingredients needed to cast a spell. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They never really elaborated on it, so I'm imagining like it was all stuff that was readily available to her at the time. Yeah, but she didn't have it on her when she cast a spell. Well, I, I think what happened was she she put the curse on the locket and then cast the spell later, like a time bomb, you know? Is that how magic works? Sometimes. Sometimes, okay. Well, why didn't... Why didn't they just make multiple curse things and then, like, keep them around just in case or whatever? Because they, they didn't have enough resources. Talking about back then, because, like, the curse is, like, only a Halliwell can open the locket. Well, what if a Halliwell opens the locket? Shouldn't you have, like, a redundancy curse around, just in case? Uh, maybe she only had the time to do just the one. I guess. Anyway, <laughs> let's go back. Um, do... Uh, so let me cut back to Buckland, and Hannah and Rex are talking to one another. Apparently, Rex now has the power to read minds. And Hannah's like, I lost Matthew. Yeah, he hasn't uh, mastered the power yet. Yeah, so Hannah, like, Hannah turned away for a second and he blinked to go run to the Hollowell house. Um, apparently, and this is the part where they talk about why they need the powers. Apparently, they need them to survive in hell. So these are demons. <sighs> so annoying. Like, they really need to get their terminology straight. Alright, there's some technical issues here, and we have to get back to the show now. Here it is. So, before I was nice to someone, and then things happened that were bad to me, absolute opposite should have happened. Uh, Hannah and Rex are arguing about going after Matthew, and Rex hasn't mastered this power, which, like, why is Rex getting all these powers, but that's a different thing, and blah blah blah, Hannah is sent to go check him out. Prue is leaving the museum, Mission Impossible style, then Andy starts to arrest her, and he's like, hey, tell me what's going on. And meanwhile, Hannah gets thrown into the room, and Matthew's like, oh, they're gonna curse me back into the lock, and I'm not gonna go back, you can't make me. Then Rex gives him a gun, and I'm like, why would you give him a handgun? He doesn't know how that works. Muskets existed back then. Yeah, but not like a semi-automatic fucking pistol. You pull a trigger, and you don't need to pack it and take five minutes reloading shit. No kidding. It's perfect. Guess. I mean, pistols existed, but I don't think, like, something like that existed. I, I mean, I understand it's a really dumb thing to give someone from, like, the 17th century a fucking semi-automatic pistol and shit. Right? Without, especially without telling him what it is and what it does and stuff, but mm-hmm. they're demons, they're not, they're not geniuses. Well, they were planning on getting rid of him anyway, so I guess they figured, well, if this fails, no big deal. <laughs> I guess, I don't know. Uh, so Andy and Prue are arguing, because Andy's like, you know, why don't you trust me? I need you to trust me. Tell me why you need this feather. Why were you stealing this? And then Prue just engages the airbag and runs away. With her powers. Yep. And she runs with the feather. Yeah, and how it... I know it's an airbag and stuff, but, like, it seemed like he he took a while to get out of that airbag situation. Yeah, it kind of pinned him to the Aren't seat. they made to, like, def- they're made to deflate, yeah, aren't like... they made to inflate and then deflate pretty much immediately? Yeah, maybe it was just, like, 
this car from the 90s. That's the way they, I don't know. I mean, I've been in a car accident where the airbag deployed. It was, it's not very no. safe. It's not very safe no, at it's all. like, what if the car was on fire? That's all I'm saying. I, I've been in a car accident where the airbag deployed, and it, like, it burned up my nose. I actually had, like, a big red scab on my nose because the chemicals or something was, like... Oh. Yeah, it was pretty bad. And um, it, it did deflate, like, almost immediately. Ow. Yeah. Sorry that happened to you. It's fine. Um... You mm. made it out and you became stronger for it. Exactly, exactly. I can survive a car crash. I live, bitch. And your nose is still super cute. Aw. Um, do you... So, Prue... So now Matt has, knows how to use a gun, apparently, because he grabs Prue, and he's, like, holding the gun to her, and he's like, Ah, don't do the curse thing. Give me your powers. Nah, nah, nah. Piper, freeze me. Piper, freeze me. And, um, they instead... Do something else. I don't quite remember. My notes are a little messy. Um, so he has he's, um, he's holding one of them hostage, and somehow like they get like someone gets the feather over to Melinda. Uh, let's see. Prue uses her powers to inflate the air. Blah 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 blah. Cut to Prue, Phoebe, and Melinda working on the potion. And Matt enters. He drags Piper to him with Prue's power and to ma- try to make her freeze him. And he pulls a gun on Prue. But apparently the powers don't work on him, so... Oh, they... He taught... They tossed his gun from his hand. Because it doesn't work on him, but it works the objects on him. And then Piper was able to freeze him because it does work at least a bit before the powers run run off and stuff. And Piper was able to put the feather into the spell and complete the curse, which Melinda then curses him after he... uh, Gets all unfrozen and stuff. Yep. So he goes back in the locket. Meanwhile, Rex and Hannah are like, Oh no, he fucked up! Our boss is gonna be so mad! Our boss, the devil. I guess. Um, then we cut to Ang- Andy, who is pissed off about Prue, but Daryl's actually kind of being the voice of reason. Because he's like, hey dude, it was just a feather. Why are you mad? Well, it is stealing. Either way. It is stealing. And it's also an endangered person. Non-endangered person. Endangered species feather? So, like... Animals are people, too. Animals are people, too. You need, like, permits to <laughs> even touch, like, feathers in the woods and shit like that, honestly. God, leave yeah. that crap where it is. Because they don't know if you poached it or not. Well, that and it's, like, diseases. Yeah, but that's with, like, every animal. Hmm. Not just, like, endangered species feathers. So Leo comes back in the house after they curse Matthew back in the locket. And, um, Leo's like, oh, they're like, oh, you you gotta go. We got some stuff to do. Melinda has to leave. You know, family stuff. But Piper finally asks him out, and he's like, yeah, I'd love to go out with you. So then they get Melinda back in her original clothes, and she takes the locket with her, so that way he can't be released again. And they're just like, you don't have to go. You can stay here. You know, we're just happy to have, like, another witch in the house that we can, like, talk to and relate to, because we don't have our grandma anymore, you know? Phoebe is very sad and wants Melinda to stay, and Melinda is very happy and proud of them, and Phoebe puts Melinda's hand to her chest so she can have a vision, and she's like, there's going to be many more generations of beautiful daughters, and she's so happy about it, too. Uh, but yeah, so Phoebe and everyone else are like, well, yeah, we want you to stay, because we, we, you know, we, we loved having you here. It was great to, like, connect to our roots and stuff. And Phoebe uses her powers to get let her, like, see the future. And it's like, oh, there's so many more witches, and it's it's so beautiful. Na, na, na. And then that's it. That's the end of the episode. 
Yeah, it was it was very sweet. It was a very sweet ending. A super sweet ending. This one was actually like almost entirely a witch based episode with like the only real um exception was Prue talking to Andy that that was pretty witch related and then Piper asking out Leo. Well, I don't mind if an episode is witch related or not. Pers- my personal thing just me. I just want it to be good and not just revolve yeah. around boys all the time. Well, that's that's kind of the reason. Yeah. This isn't a show of, it's not like sex, well, that's, it's not, I'm not going to say sex in the city, because sex in the city also wasn't always about boys, but it's not a show that has, that was designed to put romance first. It was a show designed to put sisterhood first, so it should concentrate mm-hmm. more on sisterhood and family bonds. And family. Yeah. And once you get out of, like, that whole romance plot stick and trying to bang guys all the time kind of thing that, like, the first five episodes were going for, you get much richer storytelling as a result. Yeah. Not that there can't be rich storytelling with uh banging and stuff like I was talking about, but, like, for the concept of the show, it just doesn't work, especially when it's not written well. In the first place. Right. So, yeah. Oh, they say that uh, at the very end, we can always bring her back. So that's a hint that maybe Melinda yep. will be back in future episodes. They did. Phoebe did mention that. So, yeah. Uh, all in all, pretty good episode, huh? Yeah. Uh, so the next episode we're going to do is uh, episode 10, Wicca Envy, which I'm pretty sure we're going to have some chats about completing Wicca and Witchcraft again. Um... I don't know, does the title even make sense? Because I thought it was, like, Wicked Envy or something, you know, like like the slang. No, it's, it's Wicked Envy. And that's it, it's Wicked Envy, and it doesn't actually make sense, because we, we did watch episode 10 already. As we are wont to do. But this is, like, the first title that doesn't actually... Well, no, uh, episode 2 didn't make sense either. I've got you under my skin. It, at least it was tangentially related. This one is just, eh? Eh. Like, where does this come in? It's a good episode still. Yeah, it's just the title's a little wonky. Oh, yeah, it, it's super good. It's got a lot of tense situations. It's got a good plot. It's got, like, a bit of a mystery. Well, not a super big mystery, but, like, be like, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? Even though we know what's going to happen, because, like, they're all oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. existing for, like, three seasons, at least, as they are. And the most important thing, there's the cat. Yes. Kit is in the next episode. Kit makes multiple appearances. Yes. yes. The most important thing. Very good cat. The, the kit knows Very what's up, even A though plus no cat. one pays attention to her again. A plus plus cat. A plus 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 plus. Because all cats are A plus 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 plus. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So <laughs> yeah. we'll see you all in the next episode. Yeah. Thank you for listening. So in the meantime, stay charmed, my friends. Thank you for listening. Oh, you can follow us on Twitter at uh, Hex Podcast. Yeah, it'll be in the it'll be in the description. Uh, we are now on we're now on iTunes as well. So if you're listening from iTunes, hi, please hi, nice leave to a meet review you. and and rate our podcast, please. We're desperate, horribly, horribly desperate. You hold our fate within your hand. Please share, subscribe, rate, review. We need attention. Please, please, please give us attention. We're thirsty for chicken. What? But yeah, um, you can get us at Hexed the Podcast. I'm at, I'm Kirby. I, I am 
underscore K-I-R-B-Y on Twitter. And I'm Paradoxy underscore Intent on Twitter. Yeah, and all this will be in the description, of course. And yeah, we'll we'll see you next time for episode 10, Wicca Envy, which still doesn't make sense as a title, but it's a really good episode, and we're hoping to hear your hearing <laughs> stuff. So anyway, we'll see you all for the next episode next week. And again, we upload every Wednesday. Wednesday, right? Uh, yes. All right. So in the meantime, stay charmed, my friends. Bye. Please send your hate mail to me. Bye.